You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your host, Armand. Follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. ClockRadioSpeakers.com has all of our Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Pulse Radio, and yeah. So, I have Doc here. <laughs> I was going to say, you're like, I'm the host. No, I'm, I'm here by myself. <laughs> all alone. What's going on, everybody? You can follow me on Twitter at Doc underscore Beats, S not a Z. Um, follow the official Twitter of the show at CRS Podcast. And like Armand said, just go to clackradiospeakers.com where you can get everything. Um, oh, let me also, before we get into that uh, pitch, great news. Uh, for those of you who have said that, you know, you're not trying to listen to Hippity Hop Records, uh, our Clock Radio Speakers Mix Show, which is normally on Sunday nights, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern. We now officially have a replay show Monday night, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern. So, you know, I don't know. People are more people are more apt to stay up on a Monday night than a Sunday night. Right. Yeah, I could see that. So right after uh, DJ O Sharp's Monday night mash out, uh, which is from eight to, I believe, nine thirty. Um, and now um, on the TuneIn app, search for Pulse TPC instead of 2K13 TPC. And uh, yeah, we'll have some we'll have some some goodies lined up. I think I don't know what I'm going to play this week, but we'll figure it out. So what are we talking about this week, man? What's going on? What's new with you? A lot, man. I mean, you know, we we uh, we had some we had some tech. Well, I had some technical difficulties last week, and Doc, being the good sport that he is, decided to salvage the 17 minutes. <laughs> and it sucks because we were having a fantastic conversation. So it's, um, it, you know it's a good quick little seventeen minute conversation. We we really got completely you know we we had all these notes and then we ended up talking about Nicki Minaj most of the time. And then lo and behold, the next day, Clockstradamus, more specifically Docstradamus, <laughs> strikes again. And Doc said, if you didn't listen, you need to go listen. If you didn't listen, quick recap. Doc says we're talking about Nicki Minaj. She's putting out these. She's doing these remixes. You know, Doc says, hey, she needs to focus on her discography more. Um, let's let's get some records, some memorable records that we can attach her brand to. And, you know, we were like, yeah, she should put out something pretty soon. Pretty sure she's doing the Beyonce thing where she's going to drop an album out of the blue. And then Doc's like, yeah, she should probably do a record with Detail. The next day she puts out a video of a song produced by Detail. Serious. I commend you. I was like happy for you. I thought you like won the lottery or something. Like I was legit <laughs> hyped for you. I mean, you know, Detail produced or, you know, he did most of the production on Drunken Love and that record is every everything right now. So um, I'm not surprised. You know, he's sort of been with Cash Cash Money for, you know, Young Money Cash Money for a little bit. Yeah. Um, he slowly sort of built his brand up. He's not just the no worries guy anymore. Right. Now he's yeah. got now he's the now he's the Drunken Love guy. And that's a whole different realm. Yep. Um, you actually, let's talk about this Nikki record. Yeah. Um, considering we try to keep this show, the show clean, I, I'm trying to figure out how to describe, we'll just call the song looking, looking, <laughs> looking, dot, 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 looking, dot, dot, dot. Um, what do, what do you think about this record? You know, I'm not mad at this record. Um, the beat is serious. And um, it's a Nicki Minaj record. You know, one thing that I said last week is I want Nicki to go back to rapping. It was funny because today I was in my car and, you know, sometimes I listen to the radio. I was having phone issues today, so I didn't I, I couldn't 
I've been on 2G. I've been on edge like all week and it's killing me. Um, first, first world problems. So I've been listening to a lot of the radio, a lot of records I have I already have on my phone. I can't access cloud, anything like that. And Your Love came on the radio. That record is horrible. <laughs> like Nikki, Nikki herself hates that record. Like it leaked and then it blew up because the Nicki Minaj brand was this new and exciting thing and they were waiting on what she was going to do. And anything that she threw in the water, even if it wasn't intentional, quote unquote, people ate it up. She hates that record and I can see why. It's a bad song. And to hear that and then hear this looking record, she has evolved tremendously, not only as a rapper, but as a songwriter. Yeah, this record's interesting. Um, I, see, I was advocating that she work with Detail because, you know, like I said, Detail's not just the, you know, the the guy from a couple years ago. He's now, he's he's got that Beyonce cred. And um, and this beat is is. The, I'll say this: the beat is not is not the problem. And I don't think the song is bad or anything like that. But this is an interesting record because this is a warm up record, right? Whereas, I don't know. I feel like Nicki and Detail they could be capable together of like a really actual big hip hop record for Nicki that's not wacky or anything like that. What what does strike me about this is this is so relatively straightforward for a Nicki Minaj song. Yeah, like. She's actually rapping, mm-hmm. right? The video, you know, they know what they're doing. They're 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 marketing Nikki's assets. Yep. But it's not like she's trying to be Lady Gaga. You yes. know, it's it's a very it's so straightforward for Nicki Minaj for Nicki Minaj song. So it's interesting. Um, this and this is you know this is sort of a, a early early leak off of both the Young Money album, which comes out early March, and I can't even I can't even bring myself to say this. Armand, what's the title of Nikki's upcoming album? The Pink Print. <sighs> I hope my sigh came through well on the mic. Yeah, yeah. If I'm looking at audition, it looks like y'all yep. could hear it. The Pink Print. Man. Man. <laughs> you think Jay tries to uh, strong arm an, an executive producer credit just, you know, for the for the, the blatant biting? May not. <laughs> Pink print. Um, yeah, pink I don't even know. Pink print two. Yeah, if if we see a pink print two point one, then you know, then we can really, <laughs> <laughs> then Jay can really swoop in and pressure Birdman for the money. Um, Stupid. But no, you know, like I said, the song. I mean, for like a just a warm up record or just like a straightforward Nicki record, like it's actually pretty good. Um, it is so far removed from her last album; it doesn't even feel like the same Nicki Minaj. Yeah. It's funny in the strength of one little leak. Sort of, this is really like a buzz record. It, off of this one record, like I'm all of a sudden curious now about Nikki. Like I was in a weird way, this is awful because she can clearly rap. I was starting to just write her off as like a curiosity, mm. you know. But hey, let's uh, let's see what she does. Let's see if they can. Let's see if she still tries to be like you know the urban Lady Gaga, right? Or if she tries to do something else. I want I want to see where she goes with this. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Interesting. Um, I, I agree. I agree. I think she, she has a lot of attention. You know, granted, you know, some of the attention is bad attention because of the uh, the Malcolm X cover that was used that apparently wasn't the real cover, even though she Instagrammed it. Uh, <laughs> and then she took it down. She apologized to Malcolm X's family, his estate, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, she was trying to say that. um 
that Malcolm was not himself a looking, but he was doing the looking. So it was not a, a swipe at him, but rather an, an homage. Um, so, I mean, but she, she, needless to say, with all that going on, she definitely has the attention of hip hop. And, you know, I believe that she's went pop and I believe that her brand can function pop. I'm sorry, her brand. I believe that she went pop. Her brand can function in the pop realm. But, you know, I'm not going to say Starships because that's that might be her biggest record. Oh, no, not Starships. What's the record I'm thinking? Is Starships her biggest record? It was a big record. Okay, so Starships, the record I'm thinking of. Uh, But she doesn't have to do a bunch of those now. Um, No massive attacks. No Roman's Revenge. Like, she can... I think her her core audience really want that Beam Me Up Scotty. We want that Monster Nikki, of course. That's like, that's the bar. That's the standard. Yeah. But I think she has the the attention of of hip-hop. And I think, you know, now she just needs to deliver a good record and a good presentation. Um, so, you know, that's it. What'll be interesting is we talked about this, a little bit about this last week. What'll be interesting is to see what happens when we actually get the obvious first single, right? Are they going to, you know, will it be pop or will it be a hybrid or what the deal is? And, you know, when, again, I'll reference Beyonce's album, like be, this is still kind of incredible to me. Beyonce put out an incredibly popular album, sold a lot of records. Yeah. It has some of the hardest beats all year. Yeah. So you could you can go pop like you can you know she's relying in Beyonce's world she's relying on those beats to bring balance to the like the the the, the big pop choruses and stuff right so what 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 I hope we get from Nicki is that is sort of a balanced approach right like we it, look i mean she kind of can sing i guess in a way so like let like bring that she's like J Cole so bring that to the hook or give us a little bit of that bridge, that songwriting without like you, basically what I'm saying is you don't have to be like, you know, weird, making weird songs over on one end and then making pop wannabe dance records on the other end. Right. Like let's, let's get that nice, br- bring all the elements together. I agree. All right. I agree. But I think, I think even like the pop sound is starting to change anyway. I t- pop sound always changes. You got to be one step ahead. That's why, yeah. I, that's why everybody who had their, you know, any, any R&B singer who, who who heard you know who who thought they had an album completed and they heard Beyonce's and they all went back in the studio they were like everybody nope. scra- scrap speaking of R and B Doc yo um we obviously have a fan a huge fan of Clock Radio speakers why do you say that because I don't know if you listened to the uh, the new hot single by Jason Derulo I forgot what it's called I think it's called Talk Dirty or something like that that sounds familiar it's got two chains on it mm-hmm. And two, do you know how Two Chains opens his verse? How does he open his verse? He calls himself Dos Cadenas. <laughs> I screamed in my car and busted out laughing because it was amazing. So shout out to Two Chains. Um, I actually like your Adidas. You know, you can send Doc and I a pair. I believe we both wear 13s. Send those over to the Clock Radio Speaker Studios. Two pair. I need two pair. <laughs> And we'd love to have you on the show. Now, now I got Air Force One stuck in my head with the gun bottom. Like, <laughs> how many Something. pairs of Air Force Ones did you have? Uh, I had a pair in the. I had a pair of white and navy in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I had. I probably went through like three or four pair of all whites. I went through two pair of of uh, white and gummies. 
Yeah. Um, that might be it. I no, had, and I had a pair. I had a pair of mids. I had a pair of uh, white and mids. I had a pair of lows with the white. I had a pair of lows with the white and the navy bottom, and then I had a pair of, pair of mids with the navy bottom. I just I had I had what white with white with blue like a like like a royal blue. Oh, actually, so they they had those. At, I went to Full Locker the other day. They had those at Full Locker. I had white on white, of course, and the white with the gum bottoms. I think that was. I think that's about it. No gum bottom slander ever in life. Nah, those are those are great. Those those are amazing. No, you could probably wear those now. Nah, I mean I look ridiculous. The, you know what I forget is how like clunky Air Force Ones are. Super clunky, man. Super clunky. Almost like it's clunky. They're almost Timberland clunky. Almost. Yeah, Tim's. I mean, but they're boots though. So yeah, Tim. Tim's, Tim's, you know, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of Tim's and Doc Martens these days. It's feeling very 1994, 93. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, you see them in this. I was wearing mine in the summertime. I think you'll, I think you'll see that this year. That's you good because you know we can we can just go straight back to 95, which means we can get camo shorts. I was about to say I'm getting camo shorts. So like, <laughs> I, I don't care. I see. I think you have to make them because you know I I buy all my camo from the surplus store just because I like legit camo. Yeah, yeah. And and you know theirs are like the Stone Cold Steve Austin cut. <laughs> so so see so you can bring gonna, that back. You know, get the black like boots like to the whole stuff. <laughs> the, the high high tech boots laced all the way up with the white socks showing. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> You just got you got a Cabela's around you. Yes, I bet you Cabela's has camo shorts. Okay, I'll look, I'll look into that. Um, anyway, <laughs> so what else we talk? Um, so what we have going on. You, you, your man Drake got yeah. got a couple things we could talk about. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into Aubrey. Go he on. uh he was talking about uh the Great White Hope. Yeah, he was throwing shots. <laughs> He was throwing some serious shots in that Rolling Stone. At Seattle's finest, Mr. Uh, Mr. McLemore. Um Ben Haggerty. Ben Haggerty. Um You know what? It was honest. Yeah. And and let me ask you this. We'll jump we'll jump ahead in the story, but it's yeah. to ask you a question. He sure. re- he retracted those statements that he had about McLemore. Did he retract Did he retract them or he apologized and then I just I just saw a highlight while I was looking for stuff to talk about on the show, and it says Drake retracts statements about Yeezus. Yeah, <laughs> he thought he was off, which is funny. So first of all, he thought he was off the record, which is hilarious. And yeah, yeah, uh, shout everybody, out to whoever shout out to whoever interviewed him because he did what every good journalist does, and he just got his he got the artist to talk. Well, yeah, but at the same point, what was really interesting is uh, you know like Kanye decided not to be mad. But instead, to be like, nah, man, the media always out to get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think they're both. I think they are both determined to make that relationship work. <laughs> Here's the thing: I don't really think Kanye cares what anybody thinks about that lyric on Jesus. Like he could really care less. You think? I seriously doubt that it, at any point Kanye could quote unquote care less about his music. Um, I don't think there's anything greater in this world besides maybe his child that he cares more about than his music. I, and no, I, I, I agree with that. Music. I guess what I meant, like in particular, that lyric, like I don't think he's going to, I don't know. 
I think more important than that was the shot that Drake sent at Fab went while describing that lyric. What, 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 was that really a shot? Yeah, that was a shot. They've been, they been beefing. Which is weird because the Throw It In The Bag remix is retarded. You just like that dream sample. I do. I like Drake's verse on that too. That's old Drake. Yeah, that's... Um, that, is that a congratulations, Drake? It's right around there. That's like, yeah. Like congratulations. Oh, that's a you know, you know, Drake. That's old Drake. Oof. Um, Turn it to the old me. No, so, you know, Drake was honest and he, it was basically like, look, if you're going to apologize, you know, talking talk about Macklemore, like if you're going to apologize to Kendrick, why, why I'm sorry, you, you're not going to apologize to me? Like, you know, it, you're not going to apologize to what, to Kanye? You're not going to apologize to Jay? Like, it. Uh, it was true. Like it was one of those things where it was like, I don't know. I feel like everybody and look, Kendrick deserves it, right? Good Kid, Mad City was incredible, but for whatever reason, the accepted narrative just became that that was not even like it should win, but that it was supposed to win. Yes. So, you know, it's not like Matt, it's not like Macklemore got up, you know, felt that you know I'm just not even deserving. Like I'm not even in this category. It, it instead, it was weird. Like. He somehow was both still proud of the fact that he won, which hey, you should be. Don't apologize. You won, right? Right. Like, like we. But then, like at we, the other hand, he still succumbs to the to the narrative. Like you can't have it both ways. You. I don't see you returning those Grammys. Right. Is your record label we, when your record label says X time Grammy winner? Are they going to cut that one out? Right. No. Then shut up. Oh man, we got your voice squeaking. You know, tell them why you mad, son. Tell them why you mad. It's my now, fourth it's, it's album, true, it's yo. True. It's my fourth album. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I like. We we already know, like, and we said it before on the Grammy episode. Like, yeah. if he was really that upset, he would have got on stage and he would have before he thanked his his wife and his team and his label and all that stuff. He would have said, "Look, thank you for this opportunity, but." Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City deserves this project. I want to thank you guys for helping me make this album. Thank you for your support, but this belongs to Kendrick. Thank you. A good night. He didn't do that. He Instagrammed a, a, a text. It was corny. It was corny. And Drake and Jay and all them have a reason. I mean, Jay. I, I don't think Jay. If he cares, he's not going to ever say that publicly. But you know, no. rappers are sensitive. They are. All, most artists are sensitive. So most artists are insecure. Extremely insecure. So you mean to tell me that 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 text message, just like when Kendrick didn't call people out on control and a bunch of artists, a bunch of rappers felt some sort of way and put out responses. So why is Drake in the wrong for saying like, yo, my album was in a category, too. And I think that my album should have won. You owe me an apology, too. And on top of that, and, you know, this can kind of segue into the next thing that I want to talk about. Mm. I think what it did was it, it, it actually helped Drake, um, you know, aside from the Philip Seymour Hoffman stuff, blah, blah, blah. But I think that him saying that made him human. And it's like, you know what? You're supposed to think that you deserve the Grammy. Yeah, see, the Philip Seymour Hoffman thing, that's one of those cases where he like what they were talking about was a very sort of inside baseball like industry sort of concept that i don't think people really understood right this whole idea like i don't think people understand what happens when you have a, an article written about you for rolling stone right that's not like 
um, it's not like some magical thing where Rolling Stone writes about you and then you know you don't know what's going to happen. You don't you don't know what episode's going to happen. Uh, not episode. We don't know what uh, issue it's going to come out, and it's a surprise. Like that's not how it works. They work with your team. They take a photo. Everybody's cool with everything. They tell you the date it comes out. They promise you a cover story. Your team is probably readying follow up stuff about that because being cover of Rolling Stones a, g- a big deal. And it wasn't right. that he didn't think that Phil- – I mean it's not that Philip Seymour Hoffman shouldn't have gotten the cover. Of course. So push the push it back. Instead, you're like, nah. All that other stuff that we talked about and planned about, nah. No cover. Nah. Here. He, they took control of the situation. Yeah. Rolling Stone did. And and this, this is what I'm saying. It's an inside baseball thing. And people are like, oh, he's, you know, he, he's, he's, act, he's acting out. And he thought that – it's like uh, – one of those cases where he shouldn't have said anything about that. Yeah. Right? He should have had his people – Say something to Rolling Stone. You don't think you should put out a statement? I think it's just too nuanced and too and too again inside baseball for Twitter to handle. Like 140, 140 characters of outrage is a lot easier than Wait. explaining to people, hey, this is how something actually ends up in Rolling Stone, and this is what this would have meant for my career. And they you know and, and how that all works. He did a blog. After. He did. He did a blog after, but that's the problem is he even had to do that blog post afterwards. Right. Like, I guess, yeah, he could have done that blog post in the beginning, but even still, like that's one of those things that's just almost too nuanced for Twitter to handle. Twitter is very, you know, one or zero black or white. Absolutely. You said in the beginning, do you remember that in the beginning there was rap compilation? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought about that where it had like Wu-Tang doing sucker MCs and Yeah. I don't remember anything else, but I bought that album. Wasn't um the make remake of Rapper's Delight on there? Yeah, uh, yeah, Death Squad. That was the single. That's crazy. Oh, Death Squad. Um, speaking but, uh, of anything, anything else you want to say about Rolling Stone? What were your thoughts on that? Nah, I mean, um, I think that Drake shouldn't have spoke on that. I think what happened was was, and this speaks to your point about Twitter, was that Drake Drake was upset. Not upset that he didn't get the cover, but he said that he wasn't notified that they were going to have Philip Seymour Hoffman on the cover. Yeah. Now, yeah. For, for Drake's team, as you said, because they work with them and stuff, you know, Drake's team probably, there's a good chance they could have had some stuff lined up to go with that role. They had Rolling Stone. They had All-Star Weekend. I'm sure there very possibly could have been a record, a video, something to match up with those events. Um. So I think he was mad at the communication. How Twitter took it was, I'm more important than Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he didn't deserve the cover. I did. Yeah, again, because yeah. people don't understand how, how this all works. Right. And, they, and they're not supposed to. That's fine. I know, but if – okay. Right? If every, no, no, you're right. But I'm saying the, the problem is, is that if everybody's trying to be an artist, everybody wants to elite, at minimum be an A&R, then you should know about this stuff. I'm the biggest fake A&R of them all. Come on. Uh, all right. So speaking of interviews gone wrong. Oh, what um, are we talking about now? Uh, a really, really interesting article came out earlier this week um, from a guy named Ernest Baker. Oh, wow. You going there? I see it. Okay. I got you. Um, he basically, the name of the article, I believe, was I refuse, to, I refuse to ever interview Rick Ross again because he can't handle the hard questions. That was the title of the article. <laughs> 
and subtle, ba- very subtle, right? Very subtle, very vague. Not really sure what he's going to talk about. Basically, what happened was was he was um, he said he was well into the interview. He had already talked about mastermind guest appearances, all the regular stuff. Um, he said he even threw a, a, a underhand pitch regarding um, you know when he was talking about Jeezy's album getting pushed back on Twitter. They were kind of, you know, MMG was kind of mocking Jeezy about that when he couldn't get a date for 103, 10, 103. Remember those days when we thought Jeezy was over? And uh, then Ross himself, God forgives I don't, and now Mastermind gets pushed back. And, you know, he kind of skated over the question, alluded to himself as a boss, blah, blah, blah. So the interviewer, so Ernest Baker begins to uh, ask him about the Rocco record, the You Don't Even Know It, with the, uh, the Molly All in a Champagne line. And uh, Ross kind of caught it, but Ross Handlers definitely caught that he was uh, they were going somewhere uh, with those questions as far as being dropped from Reebok. And he was yeah, they were asking about the the F with me, you know, I got it record and all that stuff. And um, they abruptly ended, end, ended the interview. Ernest says unjustly because the excuse that they gave was that they had other people waiting when he said the interview prior to him, they were taken selfies and asking rick ross about valentine's day after the inter- 15 minutes after the interview was over um ross has long you know if you listen to a rick ross interview rick ross loaded lux floyd mayweather give the worst interviews ever if you ever want to know anything about anything because and i'll say floyd is probably the least out of those three because he'll still drop little nuggets of knowledge little jewels here, here and there but ross has like buzzwords. If you ever want to know anything past when is my album coming out, who's going to be on this album, and what is MMG up to, what self-made 15 y'all are putting out, you're not going to get that from Ross. You're going to get a lot of vague terminology, catchphrases, a couple of most definitely's, and that's it. And even now to this day, you know, even when he admitted to being a, a correctional, or he finally admitted to being a correctional officer, it was still very vague, still very not, and, you know, the article made a good point that that's what people want from Ross, um, that they want some sort of honesty. Like this is like your sixth, it was just like your sixth album, something like that. And you're not being who you are. You're not telling us who, who you really are. And it's getting old. And especially in a, in a time, and this could kind of segue into our, our conversation later, what we were going to talk about last week, is that. Hip hop now has never been this vulnerable and never been this honest. So Ross could actually flourish, but he just chooses not to. Nah, what do you? I disagree. I, and circle gets the square. I, I don't think that. <laughs> I, I don't think that Ross wins by being honest. Ross w- Ross's problem is he's painted himself into a corner, where the image and the persona can only take him so far. You can only throw around the generic catchphrases and call yourself a boss and, and all this other stuff. And, you know, for a while, you know, they, they sort of really kickstarted sort of this reinvention of trap music, like their sound really with that first self-made album that everybody then took, those hi-hats, the aggressiveness, the the, the, the tempo slowing down. They really, not the, really, the, it's funny, that album didn't sell all that much, but it really created a mind share in hip-hop where it, it created this sort of aesthetic and they rode that for a little while, and and Ross has certainly improved as as an MC 
over where he was when he first came out. But oh, he, he, he has painted himself now. He, the, yeah, the problem is, is we're all waiting for the next. We're waiting for Ross 3.0. Mm. He he's like he's like he you know he's like no nah, I'm this is Ross two point five three like he's he still thinks it's two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. Ross doesn't realize that R and B has totally co opted R and B and pop are in the process of completely co opting that sound, and he doesn't he doesn't have a next move. What do you do now? Right. MMG, that MMG sound, it can only take you so far. You can only make records that sound the same. I, you know, Wale is doing Wale stuff. Meek Mill, he is essentially the the Lloyd Banks of 2014, right? Yeah, I'd say. So. In, right? in what way? In what? In what? In what context? Uh, incredibly high expectations. Never really broke out as like that top tier star. Oh, you know what I mean? Like they feel very similar now. Banks reinvented himself as him and Fab really did the blueprint for here's how you do here's how and all you New York rappers here's what you can do you can put out mixtapes and do shows in the tri-state area and then every so often when you get everything in a row you put out an album you tour a little wider and you go back and do mixtapes like they showed a whole cycle for how you can survive that way mm-hmm. right Meek's not at that point of the career yet, but I'm saying where, where, where Banks was in 04, 05, 06 Right, where okay, you got the promising first couple efforts, and you're doing the mixtapes, and you're the second one on this, you know, I guess. God, does that make Wale the Tony Ayo of the crew? Um, Here we go now. <laughs> no, that would be um, that would probably be Gunplay. Oh, gunplay. What happened to Gunplay? Yeah, he was right there. He Man, was right there. Yeah. They really just. He had all the buzz too. The underground. He had the you know the nice, nice little buzz, but um, but no, you know that. MMG is not what it was. It's still a brand name. Yeah. But it's not quite what it was. Nope. Part of that is because it was all sort of predicated on Ross getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he's just not there. So what, what, al- ha- is, what album was supposed to do that? Uh, God, God forgives I don't. God forgives I don't. He, I don't think Rick Ross won't ever cross over. It's just yeah, not going to happen. And that's what people are saying about the, the responses back from the listening session. They're like, you know, this Mastermind is a, is a dope album, but they said there's nothing on there that is either that has the potential to cross over or that is outside the MMG wheelhouse, which is a good thing. But then, you know, yeah. it, has, it has its ceiling. In the, in the, on the one hand, it means that he's not selling out in that old sort of 96 hip hopper term, right? He, yeah, but he is within, like, he's within himself. He's not stretching. He's not doing something corny like, Oh, I need to sell big. So let me, let me go call up. Will I am right. Does anybody call it? Will I am right now? Justin Bieber. I, you know, I don't know. Um, call, you call right now. Nah, Justin Bieber put out a dope album that nobody cares. Nobody about. Nobody cares about the, the last record that Justin Bieber put out that people cared about was, are you ready? It was the Will I Am song. Um, so, <laughs> um, hold on. What what song is the Will I Am song? Power. Oh, power. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. I hated that song. I okay, hated too. I, but it, that's the Will. That's why it's the Will I Am way. You hate it, and yet it sells. I don't understand this. Um, I don't get it either. 
whatever. Anyway, so what ha- – like can the whole Rick Ross brand work if he's always going to sell 600,000 copies and dominate Rap Radar and have some 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 nice singles? What happens if he never gets bigger than that? Um, didn't they say that Aston Martin Music performed better than BMF? Probably. That's crazy. Aston Martin Music is his is his most successful. Well, that's sing- interesting. Hold on, we need to look that up. Boy, it's been a while since I went to Wikipedia on Clark Radio Speakers. Oh, look at that! Somebody would have called it out. They want a, they would have won a free album <laughs> copy of Kairos, but since they didn't, <laughs> Aston Martin Music somehow did astonishingly well. Went gold. So by sales, the boss and hustling both went platinum but that was a different era it's a different era right uh aston martin music was did slightly better than bmf okay um uh, let's see since about mag- then about magnificent who what the john legend record don't do that <laughs> don't do that magnificent yeah the john legend record I don't see that on here anywhere. What are you talking about? That was the single. I know, but I'm saying I don't see it. Oh, I was just, oh. I was just asking. Oh, you, you know how what? It, did. it um, it did okay. It did uh, heck, that did better than anything off uh, God forgives I don't. What was the single from God forgives I didn't see? So sophisticated. Nope. Um, people said that Omarion's dance killed all the buzz from Ice Cold. Anyway, um. Because that was a dope record. But yeah, I mean, Devil is a Lie is... I, I hear it on the radio every once in a while, but that's that's a buzz record. It's a buzz record. So we'll, we got to see what's coming on Mastermind. Yeah, what's the single? Dude, your album comes out in three weeks. What are you doing? Are we sure it comes out in three weeks? Does it have comes to out come out March, in three March 4th. Two weeks. Yeah, I mean... I'm looking at this track. So we, we should talk about this track list then. Yeah, let's do it. Boop, 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 um, boop. I listen to a lot. I've been listening to a lot of Ross lately too. A lot of, lot of Teflon Don Air Ross, Transporter. Um, what's the one record with Meek? Meek and Alchemist. Oh, that is the Transporter, right? Nah, that's Swiss. Oh, um, you're right. You're right. It was just on um that Alchemist mixtape. Is it the professional? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So if I'm looking at, I'm looking at this track list and I'm looking at the producer list. You know the the Kanye and Big Sean record that might be the, that might have to be the single because it's 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 produced by Kanye and DJ Mustard. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about War Ready? We didn't even talk about War Ready on the show. Um, it's like Ross heard the the Future record, mm-hmm. and uh, just was like, "All right, <laughs> I'm gonna do that one." Um. I'm I'm looking up. I it's heard I heard seven good things. Minutes I heard good things about the um long. I heard good things about the um the uh the uh, Sanctify record. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Kanye, uh yep, Big yep. Sean. Um it, interesting uh interesting production list. Um got a, a record su- produced by Puff. I'm actually excited about that record. Yeah, it's after an interlude called 
shots fired, and it's called Nobody. It, oh, f- from my understanding, that is a remake of your Nobody till somebody. I kills. was just that's funny because you know what I was just gonna say, right? What's that? Shots fired and Nobody. That's straight Life After Death. Yeah, it, that's that's like two albums too late though. It is, like, but he was getting those biggie. He was getting those biggie. Uh, yeah, two weeks. I'm on his Instagram right now, Mastermind. Two Fourteen days, weeks. and you have no single. Two weeks. Yeah, you bugging? Um, you got interesting producers. Oh, so let me actually real quick. War ready. Um, that that is really not an inspiring Mike will beat. Nah, I think um, the highlight, the the thing that was supposed to sell that was, hey, look, Ross and Jeezy got on the record together, and then Jeezy absolutely washes Ross on this record. But it's not really worth talking about. Nah, not really. I haven't. It's yeah. It's I think you just said it while I was talking. But it's it's a seven minute record. Seven minutes. Crazy. No, I'm good. Um, Crazy. So of course, Devil Is a Lie is on there. Yeah. Which is kind of growing on me a little bit. It's whatever. Um, like I said, interesting production list like Reefa, Scott Storch, back to back, Bink. See now, I'll take a. I'll take a. I bink. will. I'm a little I'll concerned. Take- I'm a little concerned that we're talking Sizzla and Movado on a Bink record. I don't. I. You know, I could get some of those. You know, some of that classic Rockefeller sound in here. You know. I'm not gonna do anything. Come on, do it. I need it. <laughs> For the I was people. about to do the. Um, what was the game record that he had? <laughs> oh, that joint. What was that? Not one blood. Um. Oh, one blood with a uh, junior Reed. Never mind. <laughs> no hard near. No, no, no. But I mean, it's Mafia Music Three, and Mafia Music was dope, and Mafia Music Two was one of my favorite Ross records. So, you I'm, know, I'm it, go ahead. I mean, I'm, all I'm gonna say is the fact that there's no Maybach Music Five upsets me. But I mean, what can you do after L.A. Reed? It might <laughs> you could do a, you, you could do a lot. Um, I, yes, sir. I kind of want to hear, you know, drug drug dealers dream over Jake one. That might be tough. Could be tough. That might be so, tough. I'm not mad at you know. I want to hear what the week. Uh, we're gonna talk about the weekend in a little bit because I want to talk about his drunken love remix. But that yeah. might be interesting. Yeah, they said it. It's like uh, they said it's similar to the Wiz record where mm. the weekend's like singing for the first minute and a half. Like Ross doesn't even come on until halfway in. So I wouldn't be surprised if the weekend has like all these records that are just all him yeah and then just have like slots for rappers and he's just selling them makes sense hustling i don't know if that did you see that that video of scott storch with fat joe in the studio you expect me to watch a video <laughs> in 2014 with scott storch and fat now granted i like fat joe but I'm not see this Scott Storch rec- the Scott Storch record. I'm expecting like cling cling cling. I'm expecting that. Like I don't. If if what I heard in that video with Fat Joe is any indication, I... <sighs> but we can never discount Ross's ear for beats. Ross has a very good ear for beats, so maybe he got something incredible maybe. from Scott Storch. I see one of the bonus tracks is going to be the full version of F With Me, You are, uh, F With Me, You Know I Got It, just with Ross. Okay. Interesting. That's fine. Um, but um, yeah, I mean... Ironically, No Games is not on here. That was the single. 
Yeah. Once again, with Ross, you know, there's going to be probably a couple other track. You know, there's probably going to be a pretty easy way to to make this a 1.5. Um, um, my favorite record. Ross put out a record that flew under the radar uh, right around the time of the Trayvon Martin trial called "I Wonder Why," I wonder and why. it's it's what War Ready probably should have been. Mm. It's a very urgent, dark, hard record. And it's a really dope record from Ross. Um, and it just flew under the radar because people were like, you know, they heard no games. They heard Bach Chevy. And he put this record out and people were like, eh. But it's a super dope record. I, I have no idea why it's not on here. Could be on there. I mean, we know we uh, we can make that happen. Um, What's we care? But anything else you want to I mean, so we'll, we'll talk about this in a couple weeks um, when it comes out. Obviously, yep. we'll give it the collective speaker's treatment. Anything else you want to say about Ross? Uh, nah, I think we're good. We can move on. So speaking of, um, I want we didn't really talk about it. So speaking of Mike Will, we we, we never talked about that future record with Pharrell and Pusha. Uh, move that dope. Woo! Yeah. Um. Again, and we talked about this on Twitter, but we're gonna go ahead and bring this conversation to the show. I think you have to include Pharrell. In the, in the GOAT rapper producer conversation now. All right, so before we get to this, I just want to say that, see, that now this is a great Mike Will beat. I love this beat. Um, beat, is, beat, is, beat is cool. Mm. I like the rapping on this record. I like Pharrell and Push on it. Um, yeah. I'm, not even, I'm not even completely mad at Future on it. The casino at the end, no. Who? But <laughs> got four rappers on here. I know. That was a little much. Um, is Casino Futures guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, but so l- let's talk about let's talk about this Pharrell, this concept of Pharrell being one of the best rapper producers ever. I, he, I'm sorry. Could you point out a, a good rap album that he's released? I just want to. I'm just curious. Well, I mean, let's 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 wait on this album this year. Well, okay, but because that that rapper. The in my mind, gangster grills Pharrell, not at all. No, no, no. But if we want to talk about his remix, his verse on the remix to Shauna, the Shauna record, we want to talk about Lavish. If we want to talk about um, God, he's had he's had some dope verses. He has he and uh, the the hear ye hear ye. No, like, no, I, I I understand. He what you're stepped saying. it up. He I stepped understand. it up tremendously. He I'm has. saying that he can be in the conversation. I asked, a, I mean, I asked a friend of mine, and Granny's. He, I asked a friend of mine. He <laughs> said, Eric, he said Eric Sermon. Nah, nah. So, but I'm saying if Eric Sermon can be in that conversation, because Eric Sermon has some classic production. He's part of EPMD, classic, one of the greatest hip hop groups ever. Yes, if Eric Sermon can be in that product in that conversation, by all means, Pharrell is in that conversation. There, there's a whole. There's a trio of guys from the 90s that you're going to include in that conversation. There's going to be RZA, there's going to be DJ Quick, and there's going to be Pete Rock. I don't know what to do with Dre. I don't. Dre is not I mean kind of in there. You ha- just the the catalog is immense, but I I don't know how to treat Dre in 2014. Right? But beyond all that, Please, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget that Kanye West is a rapper and a producer. Oh, stop it. All right, we get it. No, really. 
Please explain uh, the the discography is enough at this point. We get it. Stands alone, rapper producer. I'm serious. That's it. No, we no. I'm not gonna discredit okay. Kanye's. Con- I'm not gonna di- discre- I'm not gonna at all discredit Kanye's discography. It's just not as far away as you make it out to be. Okay, I mean, he. I, I'm trying to think of another. Oh wait, I'm sorry. DJ, DJ Quick. I'm not a Quick fan. So I you're barking at the wrong there tree. There you go. There you go. Barking at the wrong tree. But um, you think Quick has? Oh well, we could, we could go on that. Whole yes. Time. Yes. Really. Yes. Mm. I don't think <laughs> I don't think Quick's a very good rapper. You bugging? <laughs> okay. Bugging. Quick is a very dope rapper. But anyway, yeah. maybe that's a, maybe that's a red show that we need to have. Oh. Greatest rapper, dope rapper producers. Maybe we just need to like just have debates. We just I'm have, just gonna sit break. here and rap RZA verses from 1997. <laughs> you, nobody wants to hear that. You spot <laughs> the top of the cerebral cortex. Don't don't get me started. Um. <laughs> B O B. <laughs> Right, speaking right, of right. speak, speaking of Pharrell, yeah, All Star Weekend killed All Star Weekend. Um, I, don't do that. Don't do that. All right, couple couple it things. Remi- it, rem- it reminded me of the um, the uh, was that the Justin Timberlake performance or was that the I think that yeah it was the Justin Timberlake where they honored him at the BT Awards where he had wh- wait what award show was MTV. that? It was MTV Awards. Where like, I feel like it was, was it Charlie Wilson too? He, he was on at the BET Awards and they came out and they did um, signs and all that. Oh, but like yeah. there's been a couple people who have, who have been honored at award shows. And normally they do the tribute and they have like the three or four major songs and then they come out and sing that. Like both Justin and Charlie, they did like 10 records each and you still could have kept going. Pharrell did like four songs then they played two instrumentals during the introduction. Then he did two more songs. And they played two more instrumentals during the East introduction. And you could have still kept going. That, like, like the total setup for, for Pharrell in 2014 has been phenomenal. And I, for one, if we did a most anticipated albums of 2014, if it's not number one, it's top three. I really want to hear this Pharrell album. I think it's going to kill. A couple things that stuck that really stood out to me about the All Star performance. It was kind of weird to hear him singing his old hits because here's what happens when guys who aren't known for being sort of quote unquote good singers, when they just keep singing, they get better. And then you have a problem when they perform their old stuff. There's two good examples of this there's mm-hmm. Mayor Hawthorne and there's Pharrell Williams. Mayor Hawthorne is now a much better singer. So when he sings his old records off that first album where he's all falsetto and doesn't even know what he's doing, it sounds weird. Pharrell goes to sing Frontin'. It takes him a minute because he actually has a voice now. He has a song. He can sing now. Okay. And not just go. Okay. So you're being all doc. (laughs) Being all docky on on, on me. I got you. I got you. (laughs) You know, Docky. Uh, that, but that to you, did that take away from that performance? It was weird to hear it. It really, it was, it was interesting that he really started off like it was a real flashback to 2002. Like we just went, we just went way back. Um, it. I don't I, know. I. I, 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 I thought it was funny that the audience didn't really love Rockstar. 
Yeah, and they were like, yeah, who knows about NERD? It was like... Well, no, what's funny is they, they started, but they were playing the instrumental to the way she moves. And people were sort of into it. And then he brings out Chad with the guitar and decides they want to play Rockstar. Well, you know. I don't think that, by the way, by the way, that either that band is the greatest band in the history of bands or they were just playing instrumentals. I just want to point that out. <laughs> not it. Not it. The, the, the band was legit because they, so, they, they added some chords. To they did. But for some of those records, some of those records, though, sounded straight off the anyway. Um, what about I, um, what about the uh, past the rock this way? <laughs> Yo. I'll say this though. I thought they were saying pass the Ciroc this way for a second. I th- and, and somebody thought, said, and then some people start saying that on Twitter too, where I don't know. I could, see, can make Puff, a case I could for see, I could see Puff pulling that. Absolutely. You it, could. It really felt like an excuse for a bunch of old rappers to get up on stage, which is fine. Um, it, I don't know. I, it's funny. I really much prefer him, much preferred him performing his more recent stuff. Um, I, you know, I thought happy sounded good live. Yeah, um, you know, get lucky was cool. It's amazing how people responded to get lucky. Um, for that audience, I guess I didn't expect that, but I should have. I mean, it just one, it just one album, of the, uh, song of the year, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, they're New Orleans. I, I thought it was a good performance, but I've, I mean, I've seen, I've seen NERD perform, um, twice live. Yeah, he's capable of much better performance. So that was all. It was, it was pretty reserved for Pharrell. Yeah, I wasn't expecting. I don't. I don't expect him to go crazy like that. I think that's more of an any. That's like an NERD thing, though. Like a, I think an NERD show and a Pharrell show are probably night and day. When mm. Pharrell's performing his hits, he's gonna be cool R and B Pharrell. When he's doing rock star and sooner or later and and happy the the of uh, the seeing sounds version of happy and you know fly or die and all those yeah he's gonna he's gonna wild out a little bit more lap dance he's gonna wild out a little bit more. So I give him a pass. I'm just happy that I got to see Frontin' on my television in 2014. I, I really think that might be one of my favorite songs ever. It's a dope record. Um, Extremely dope record. It's, it's too bad, you know, if Jay would have come out at that point, that would have been greatness. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I, was, yeah, um, the, uh, I Just Want to Love You was a little awkward. I understand why he did it, but him just doing the hook, I was like, eh. Him doing that hook reminded me of... When John Legend first went on tour after his first album, he did this little right. he did this little interlude where he would uh, start singing all the hooks that he had helped with over the years, or the like you know he he starts doing the background vocals to "You Don't Know My Name" because that's him doing the little the little singing there, and then you know he's doing all these other things, and everyone's like getting all excited, but that's because you know he was brand new at that point. Pharrell doesn't need to be doing that. <laughs> I don't know. It it, it was a, it was a good performance. It wasn't great. It was good. Okay, <laughs> you're just mad that I, no. I dared to nitpick. Front. Did you just did you just camera on my did you just camera on my interview or my my response? Did you just camera on me? Did you just call me mad? You said I was mad. You, you mad? Um, there was another performance at All Star Weekend. Uh, are you talking about Janelle Monae? I try watching that, but no, nah, man. Yeah, I'm starting to realize that people like Janelle Monae because you're supposed to like Janelle Monae. <sighs> It's Not to true. say that she doesn't make good music. No, but I, no, you're I right. Think, yeah, I think that it's the you're supposed to like Janelle Monae because she's different and she's not like, you know, if I can be candid, she's not like all the other black singers. She's not using her body, but she still has a sex appeal to her and she's pretty and she has a voice and her music sounds like the music that we grew up on with the influences from Prince and Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder and all that. But it's just, 
it's cool. It's cool. Uh, and, and that really got, that really materialized for me halftime of All-Star Weekend. But what performance are you talking about? I'm talking about Kendrick Lamar. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Can I just say how upset I was that I really could have bought the Red Octobers? I'm on Twitter all the time. And the 10 minutes that I decide to put my phone away <laughs> is when they go on sale. And they're, they're on sale on eBay right now for like four grand. Like that is just, <laughs> it's just stupid. And who do you blame for that? Myself. Blame Nike. No, I mean, blame Nike. I mean, I, I, I get why they did it so suddenly. Um, you know, it was kind of like, like a middle finger to Kanye, wasn't it? A little bit. I mean, they're all still making their money, so they don't care. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. Okay, so let's talk about this performance, though. How, I want to, before I say anything, I want to ask you. Because yeah. you've never, you, you, still, you haven't seen Kendrick live, have you? Yeah, I saw him Section 80. Oh, that's right. All right. Yeah, Section But I have not seen Kendrick with the band. Kendrick with the budget. <laughs> Kendrick. Kendrick with the money, Kendrick. I haven't seen that guy live. So how did you feel about this performance? It's all right. That performance accurately reflects what he did on the Yeezus tour. Gotcha. And now you can understand why I'm just like, uh, it's like, you know what it is? He's clearly like, he got, he's got a band for the first time. He's excited by it, but it's like, nah. nah. You know what I think? I think that, I think that, you know, with those Section 80 ones, number one, he was a, you know, a wide-eyed, young, up-and-coming hip-hop guy. Next up, you kind of have this, this vigor behind you. You know, performing those same 12 records off of Good Kid, Mad City probably get old after a while. Um, there's no urgency behind it. You know, when I saw him, there was an urgency behind him, not just an urgency to be seen. There was an urgency for you to hear what he was saying. And there was an urgency to communicate the message of Section 80 and the message of Kendrick Lamar, the artist. Um, you know, what I've seen... You know, as, as, what I've seen within the last six months, because when Good Kid, Mad City first came out, yeah, it was there. That urgency was there. But, you know, six months later, I'm sure I'm sure that's weighing on him. He's been touring for much of the album's release. I'm sure he's probably just bored and tired of doing those songs. Probably wants to do some new material or do some of his older stuff that he can't do because this new audience that he's amassed now wants Good Kid, Mad City. They may not have even known about Section 80. They definitely haven't known, known about, um, what was the other project you put out? Uh, OD. Right. So you can't, I do mean, those, pe- can't do those records. Nah, you're right. I mean, I, I would also say that I think part of it too is when you, the more you tour, the more you realize that you need certain types of records to play live. Yeah. And oh, Ma- oh, yeah. And, oh, and Mad C- the first part of Mad City has the sort of urgency and tempo. So that is what he comes back to over and over and over. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. And you know, how artists handle this is always really interesting. It'll be really, I wouldn't be surprised if his next album is influenced by his desire to have different types of records to play live at the bigger venues. Yeah. Got to, as Kanye called it, stadium music. Absolutely. Yeah. That that'll start to happen. Now, now, hopefully, it works for the better. Sometimes it go, you know. I think he'll be okay. Sometimes what you see, especially 
um, with a with solo singers if they start when they if they typically don't make music with a band right if they're sort of working with producers or if they're making music on their own when they start to go tour a lot of times what you see is now their next album sounds a certain way so their band can play it better yep right Mayor Hawthorne's second album suffered from that John Legend really took off like he Uh-oh. his whole sound changed so he could sound like he did on tour yep. So and now look, he's being successful again with an album songs that sound like old John Legend. Kind of with a Yeezus twist. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the record. The uh, what's the record? The record that's on the radio right now that's uh, just all piano. Thank you, thank you for saying that. Thank no, you. It's not good, man. I know it's we all want. Good. I know we all it's, want ordinary people, but we're not. Get, listen, we're not getting ordinary people. Listen, you know whoever's and you know look, who, you remember remember who who helped write that. Who? Well, I am. <laughs> Uh, anyway, look, look, clock radio speakers. A John Legend album is extremely boring. Mm. And there's a lot of people who are like, oh, the John Legend, like, no, no. John Legend hasn't done anything of significance since the second album. Nothing. And this new album ain't, ain't doing it. Yeah, the where do we go from here? The beat is cool. But even that beat is boring. <laughs> got a dope sample, got some dope drums, but it's boring. Mm. So, now nah, I'm good. No, thank you. Where's John Stevens at? Where's Live from the Knitting, knitting Room Factory? Where's that guy at? But we're not going to get him back because we, you know, as an artist, you don't want to regress. So, I get it. I'll just listen to that John Legend and be happy with it. But don't, don't tread on me, bro. Don't force your opinion. <laughs> don't tread on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else? What else are we talking about? Um, talk about Pharrell. Talk about Kendrick. You know, we didn't talk about OVO Fest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, part of the uh, Outcast comeback. Yeah. So Outcast night one. Yep. Drake night two. Yep. Is it sad that I, within about thirty seconds of seeing that announced, I immediately realized it would only take me like seven and a half hours to drive to Toronto. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Toronto is I think nine hours for me. Yeah. So I hear tickets are expensive for OVO Fest typically though. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna look out for it though, cause I don't know. Outcast night one, Drake with a bunch of special guests night two. That's it's tempting. It's tempting. Um, I don't know. I I really I'm really hoping that Outcast that they get good feedback that the show is good because I really want them. Can we please, you know, CeeLo's big enough now. Could we just have a big old extended Dun- Dungeon I'm, Family Tour? Like, let's I'm do totally, it. a friend of mine is, uh, he asked me to go to Atlanta, the Atlanta show with him. I totally expect Backbone, Slim Calhoun, like Cool Breeze. I expect that show to have everybody. Like if I-, I could hear Liberation Live with everybody, I will die happy. I'll say, all right, Jesus, I'm ready. <laughs> Let me hear Liberation Live with CeeLo and Erica. Let, let me hear that live. Let me hear Spody Odie Dopalicious with the band. Oh, my God. I need that. I'll just take Outcast Live. Like. I, but see, I don't, want, I don't want Rosa Parks, Elevators, AT Aliens. No? Nah. Yeah. nah. I mean, those records in the set, yes. But I want to hear like Mainstream, 13th Floor, Hootie Who, Two Dope Boys. Because as always, you don't like the singles. Outcast has a very extensive discography. I want to hear Red Velvet. I want to hear like 
real outcast. I want to hear Chunky Fire. I want to hear Return of the Gangster. I want to hear those records. And see, when I'm sure when they're doing what? Governor's Ball in New York? Yeah. So, you know, wouldn't be surprised if we get a little skewed on the Barbie with, Wick, with uh, Raekwon. Bring that would out. be dope. Um, oh, man. They could, they could do art of storytelling, bring out Slick Rick. Yep. They sure could. Yep. But, you know, it's Outkast. They're going to have to do a lot of records off Speaker Box Love Below. That record sold 10 million albums, man. Well, 5 million double disc. That's a lot of records. That's right. It's not It's not 10 million albums. It sold 10 million discs. <laughs> you sure it ain't Diamond by Now? It's got to be Diamond by right, Now. We're going to look, we're gonna look like this up. Legit Diamond by Now. Legit Diamond. We did a whole Outcast retro on Clock Ready Speakers, yeah. where we disagreed vehemently. Um, <laughs> because I think I'm the only person in the world who thinks that Stank On You is their best album. <laughs> <laughs> See, there we go. Yes, you are. Um, no, I laugh at people who think ATM is the best album too. I, I, I know people who think that uh, first album is the best. Yeah. Um, yep. But all those people probably live in the South, right? <laughs> uh, no, not necessarily. So it's not a diss because those are the same people who think that T.I.'s first album is his best album too. Oh, T.I.'s an interesting. We, do we need I, to do a I, retro? No, because there, is there really enough there to do a retro? Yeah. See, that tells you I'm serious. exactly how um, I feel about T.I.'s uh, discography. What's the second album called? My, my second favorite album after King. I forgot just that quick. <laughs> He's got like six albums. Now, if we don't count No Mercy and if we don't count the Trouble Man album, we could totally do Up Until He Goes to Jail and end with the Justin Timberlake record. I think the Trouble Man album is better than some of his other records. It's better than No Mercy, but everything's better than No Mercy. You don't think it's better than Urban Legend? Uh, I like Urban Legend more than most people. Okay. Looks like uh, Outkast sold five and a half million discs or 11 times platinum. Sorry, five and a half million copies, 11 million discs. So 11 times platinum. So it just went diamond. Yeah. I thought it went diamond when it was like, you know, popping. It's popping. It's popping. I think that's correct. I mean, you know, this is just uh, good old Wikipedia, so I, I don't have the exact. Yeah. Anyway. What are we talking about right now? Oh, we were talking about OVO Fest in Toronto. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm actually, you know, I, I'd like to go to one of those because he always, he brings out like, a, you know, a million guests, right? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Those seem like it's, uh, you know, worth it. I, I want to go to a, a festival or two. And it's Toronto by the water. So if you're going to go, if you're going to be outside at a festival in the summer, doesn't Canada by the water sound like the best idea? Because it's going to have that, uh, that breeze, right? What, what am I going to go? Stand in the middle of Governor's Island with 50,000 other sweaty people? No. No. A festival in New York in August is hilarious. Like. <laughs> yeah. It's all. Yeah. Well, I, gotta, I have to do New York this year uh, in, the, in the summertime or at least in the springtime. Because every time I went to New York is always in the winter. Do the spring because the summertime is too much. You know what the problem is? It's the subways in the summer. I'm just I'm just trying to find something to do for Memorial Day weekend. I was gonna go to DC and probably not gonna do that anymore. I just need to find somewhere to go for the weekend. You can go to Miami. 
You know, I could go to Miami, but I'm not going to go to Miami. That's a whole other I, scene. I went to Miami last year. For Memorial Day weekend? Nah, uh, like March. Oh, no. Memorial Day weekend, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. No, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. It's going to be so many weaves and big glasses there. No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. So many rappers. I'm good. Dope, you know, I don't know if you've ever, you've never been around. Like, Doc, I got to get you to like a show where there's like a bunch of rappers there. Like, I don't do well around a bunch of other rappers. I don't. Like, I just get real awkward. Like, Francis and the Lights was perfect for us to get together and hang out. Because there were no other rappers there. It was real dark. You know what I'm saying? It was just Francis. He was, you know, singing songs, playing the piano on his iPad or whatever he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. But if we go to like, you know, Summer Jam... <laughs> It's not going to work. I'm, I'm going to be sitting there like, I feel like these sound levels are off. <laughs> yeah. You're, we're going to do a live episode of Clock Radio Speakers like on the spot, like an improv episode. It's going to be bad. And we're going to get jumped because somebody's going to hear us say something about somebody and they're going to be like, yo, fam. Meanwhile, I'm going to be the only white boy who doesn't have a, a, you know, a fitted and a super thin jawline beard combo going on. Um <laughs> You're like, what you mean Jim Jones' last album wasn't tough? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm making a lot of people mad. Anyway, um, what do we need to talk about? Um, let's see. We can talk about... Oh, you know, we could talk about De La Soul. Yeah, let's talk De La. Um, so they, they're trying to make a little noise. So yeah, they, did make, they did make some noise. They made, they made some noise where they, um, they announced that they were going to put up um, was it Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day, yep. I put up um, their entire discography for free. Not No grind date. Without grind date. It was, uh, I believe it was their everything that they did on Tommy Boy. That's right. That's right. So everything but, everything, uh, but grind date. So um, did, you, did you grab copies of everything? Yes, I did. I did as well. Although they did not send me the rarities and instrumentals. I had the same problem. Okay. Did, did you... Uh, so of course, first thing I do is I go and I need to fix the MP3 tags, you know, because I'm I like did, that. I didn't have time to do that. W- um, the first thing I noticed, uh-oh. and then other people noticed the same thing. These are um, illegally pirated MP3s. <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't even have they, they they. It's not even like they ripped. They could have ripped their own CDs and it would have been more <laughs> legit. Like these were off like a Russian file sharing site. Um, it even uh, said so in the tags. Like, oh, I know, I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Artists, Jesus. Well, because it's, I mean, interesting. It was a, it's it was interesting a, because. It was well, yeah. So let me talk about this in a second. But it's interesting because like none of their stuff is available in digital form because of sample clearance problems. I think. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I don't think you can get Daylight stuff on iTunes right now. No, you definitely stuff. can't get on. You definitely can't get it on Spotify. I know that much. Yeah, so I think that's why they sort of did this. But um, man, they couldn't have ripped this. They couldn't. I'm sh- please tell me they all have copies of their own CDs. Like they couldn't have ripped the CD. <laughs> ripped the CD. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have copies of some of my projects. So you never know. But um, but it got them some attention. Absolutely, it did. So, did. do you think they should have been ready with a single? Uh, they should be putting out something very quickly. They, I think that it sh- I think that the download should have came with the record. They that's what the I'm saying. That's what out, I mean. Like yeah, they they put out pictures and stuff, but that's that's not going to suffice. We need like a record, and it wouldn't even have to be a single. It would just have to be like a record. 
That's right. And we'll, you notice what they what they did before they got everybody's download. They did. They got the email address, and then they they you're, you're now in the De La Soul mailing list. Yep. So that that's a really uh, effective way to get a little promotion. Yep. To make your fans happy by illegally sharing illegal copies of your. your own. <laughs> but the the bad part about it was, you know, if you have Gmail, which most of us do. Your daylight emails are going to go to the promotions folder unless you, you're one of those guys who takes, you know, who like really sorts out your, your emails. You're not going to get that in your main inbox. So you might have to dig for it because I didn't know I got the daylight email till the next day. How much stuff do you get in your promotions folder? I'm a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> God, I get stuff all the time in my promotions folder. Jesus. Um. <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought it was I thought it was a smart smart move. You know, I always want to go back and visit Daylight's discography. I think this I is, think that's on the list for us. We got to do Daylight and Tribe, maybe. Oh, absolutely, we got to do that. Yeah, we should probably do them together, Daylight and Tribe. That well, that's that's a lot. That might that's two. That's what I'm saying. That might be two. Well, let's just do the fir- let's just do the first three. Let's do the first three of each, because because that that's the thing that that Daylight and Tribe have in common is people say that Daylight's first three albums are classic and Tribe's first three albums are classic. So we could just do that. That might be interesting. I'm sure we, we get we get we would get a lot of heat from old heads when we inevitably mess that up. But that could be fun. Yeah, I was listening to Day. I was listening to Daylight, and Daylight was definitely though it came off as very much you had to be there. I was mm. very young when Daylight was popping. It was very much bad. it wasn't whack, but I was like, yeah, ninety one. I probably would like this record, but it it didn't like it wasn't like some of those tribe records where you still hear them, hear them today and like yo that record's tough. I think Tribe had a bigger influence. Oh, absolutely they did. I don't think that... I, yeah, I'm, I'm saying that like it's con- controversial. That's not controversial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, shout out to De La Soul. I think it, it worked, you know, barring a few... Oh, the other thing that they did that was wrong, aside from, I did not know, illegally downloading their own album, the original links were Dropbox. Oh, I got that too, yeah. I noticed yeah. that. You got the Dropbox links? Yes, I did. Oh, okay, you're funny. I got the... Um, Whatever it was that you used to used to get uh, the old episodes of Clock Radio Speakers on. Was it from Amazon? Oh, Amazon, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I got. Because they probably went over their Dropbox limit. Because Dropbox... Oh, absolutely they did. Dropbox will, if you share a link out too much, you hit a, you hit a, a, num- a limit. They realize that you're file sharing and not just sharing with friends. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, rappers, I'm telling you, if you all need a, a technology consultant, I'm available for hire at Duck Please. underscore Beats. That's not a Z. Please, please don't please don't use Dropbox to try to share out illegal copies of your own album. Like let's talk. let's talk. Let's <laughs> talk. What about Hulk Share? Oh man, so oh, so many options. So many options, people. You send it? Never mind. Now now I'm giving up the game. That's not even the real game. No, like it, it, no, it, yes it is. Yes it is. <laughs> anyway, um there's one I want to talk about these drunken love remixes. Before we get to that, anything else we missing here? Uh, I'm looking at the ah. notes. We didn't talk about Jim. You want to talk about Jimmy Fallon at all? Uh, I mean, nah. Let me talk about before. But all right, I didn't um, see. I didn't see the episode, but I'm I'm, apparently I have to check him out because I heard it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's Jimmy Fallon. Like it's I give the guy credit. It's amazing that he he's transformed from the guy who used to ruin SNL sketches by never by by always laughing to he's the late night guy now. Like I think you know, (laughs) it it helps that he has the freaking roots as his house band. Yeah, that was my only concern was was he going to be able to bring them with 
with him. Oh and yeah, and now they're even more famous than before. And absolutely. Yeah. What did I see? Uh, Questlove said he got a hundred and ten thousand new followers in like three hours on Twitter. Jeez. Because when that when the showing up, yeah, like I, something like like it's crazy. Like they are about to get uh, like people, you know. For us, it's all the same because we don't really watch shows live. Like we're all catching the little bits the next day. Yeah, but man, for like middle America, they're watching this nice show, man. Yeah, that's, they a, that's are. a whole step up. Yep, that's a, that was a state that was a staple in our culture at one point. Johnny Carson, the early Jay Leno, and yeah, Letterman, of course. Yeah, Letterman ain't going nowhere. So we we talked about the All Star performances. We didn't even talk about the game at all. Did you? Uh, or, or the, the dunk contest? Um, I watched the weekend. I missed the – I've got the rookie sophomore game and I've got the all-star game on DVR. I did not – I saw the beginning and the end. Walking Dead was on. People were at my house, you know, couldn't unfortunately watch the game like I wanted to. Um, but I heard, you know, Kyrie balled out. I heard, you know, from what I saw, Blake was doing well. Melo was doing well. Um, I, I think – I, along with everybody else, thought the West was going to win. They just had a they, on paper their roster looked way better, and it's probably what fueled the East to to win. Um, but I got to go back and watch the game itself. It's All Star Saturday. Yeesh! I used to love All Star Weekend. I still love All Star Weekend. Nah, here here's my problem with All Star Weekend, and some of it is you know they've turned the dunk contest into a mockery of itself. But. Nothing needed to be changed about the dunk. The dunk contest fell off because the quality of dunkers they were getting were less less than. True. And on top of that, you're coming off of Vince Carter and Jason Richardson, two two of the greatest dunk contest participants ever. Well, hold on, it fell off in the '90s. No, totally. it was always no, it was always dope in the '90s. Nah. Vince in 2000 took it to another level. He brought it um, back. He brought it back. No, you're right. 2000 did bring it back because that's what birthed Magic Johnson saying the dunk contest is back. That birthed it. Um, but then after that, it dipped again. But again, that's like that's what Stern does. He's, he goes into panic mode and he thinks that they have to change. No, just get better dunkers. In the last few years since, because what people fail to realize is even when Nate and Dwight were doing their thing, the people that they were any other contest would have killed. Mm. I still say Rudy Fernandez off the back, off, off behind the backboard, catches it, goes under, and, and does a reverse dunk. Still one of the greatest dunks I've ever seen, even though it took him five minutes to do it. JaVel McGee dunked two balls and two baskets. We don't even talk about those. All we talk about is Dwight going in a, in a booth and Nate Robinson jumping over Spud Webb. <laughs> but we've had consistently great dunkers the last few years and we had this year Paul George Terrence Ross Ben McLemore um, just crazy dunkers this year and we do a freaking team a team all they had to do was kill the whole you have as much time to do the dunk as you want that's all they had to do you wanted you wanted you wanted to turn it let's go old school what they used to do three was two or three two or three attempts whatever old school that's it Take it seriously because that's what kills it. What kills the dunk contest is when you're sitting there on TV and you got to watch like how, how many – it feels like 10 minutes. Like you're sitting there. It feels like forever. And then eventually like the crowd gets back into it because they just want the thing to be over. Like, yeah, this that crowd was, was a, the, crowd was, the crowd was dead this year. 
Wow. Even the John Wall dunk, like they were like, eh. I don't think people knew what was going on this year. Um, no, they no. That's a good point. They didn't. And I, I and I thought when the East won, then it was going to be a dunk off between the three to decide one winner. That would have at least salvaged it. But I want Damian Lillard in that with those three. And Ben McLemore had serious hops, even though he Sprite commercialed the one over Shaq, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but I want to talk about the game for a minute. Okay, my bad. Go ahead. No, it's cool. I mean, here's my problem with All-Star Weekend is that, you know, it's always been offense. Like, it's always, always just been straight up offense, which is fine. Like, it's for the fans. Like, no one's really trying to get hurt. You get these outrageous scores. The problem is that the NBA has never been as defense-focused as it is now. Yep. Never. So... It used like in the like let's say you're going go back to the heyday like the eighties, right? Yeah. You put an all star team together. And yeah, some dudes play defense, but man, go back and watch those old old tapes. Magic Johnson did not play defense. Dude dude could not guard a smaller he could not guard a traditional fast point guard to save his life. Are you just talking about in regular season games? I'm talking about regular season games. I'm saying the game has changed. So back then we put an all star team together, it resembled a better Slightly less defensive, but much better offensive output of what you saw during the regular season. The All-Star game doesn't even attempt to resemble the re- the NBA as it currently exists now. That's the problem. Like, there's a there's this weird gap where it is so much about, like, re- we now know so much about really smart shot selection. We now know so much, of, you know, defenses have gone to a level that is just incredible and is so important. Like, it really is. It's half the game. Like, this is why, and I'm just going to get off a tangent real quick. Like, all this stuff about Kevin Durant being the MVP this year, dude's having an incredible offensive year. He's playing great for his team. But don't tell me that he plays great defense. He doesn't. He's playing better defense. He does not play great defense. But we all forget that. Right? So, like, same thing with this all-star thing. It's like, you know, I can't get excited about a, a, a game that doesn't, because I like the NBA and this doesn't feel like the NBA it feels like an all and I'm you know what ideally what you want to see is the best being hyper competitive in all aspects and not a freaking layup line am I am I am I out of bounds there a little bit nah um I'm nah I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you that's cool because I think that the All-Star game, people just want to see what would happen if, you know, the best players. If anything, my only beef would be, are the best players on the court on Sunday night? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it the best or is it just the most notable? You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, we all want to see Braun and Durant and Melo and... Derrick Rose, who some people are now saying Kyrie has taken Derrick Rose's spot. No, no. Kyrie doesn't uh, play defense. Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. Does not play defense. Okay, so Derrick Rose, Kyrie, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, Dwayne, Dwayne. Does Dwayne Wade need to be? I'm, I'm concerned that Dwayne Wade is playing an all-star game. He's playing because like, he's out of notoriety. Yeah, absolutely. Not to say that he's not a great player, but. As as somebody who would like to see the Miami Heat three peat, I want him at home. Mm. I want him icing those knees up. You know, don't worry, he's gonna rest for the next month of the season. 
<laughs> right. They're gonna limp I mean, it. They're gonna limp into that second spot. Hey, was uh was anybody from San Antonio on this squad? No, Parker, Duncan. Did Parker not make it? I don't think so. West is loaded though. They are. Dragic should have made it. Dragic totally should have made it. Kyle Lowry should have made it out east. Yep. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't make it. Who they they picked somebody over him? It was weird. Um, but yeah, I you know I I think that. You know, I'm cool with the format being the way it is now, that it's just a show for the first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter they lock down, they play a real game. I'm cool with that. It doesn't, it doesn't kill me. The game has changed, and it's, more, and it's way more spectator. It's weird because it's real spectatory, but then those of us who are really basketball fans, like you said, we're into, we know more about the, the average fan who just likes basketball knows a little more about the game than the average fan 20 years ago. Oh, a but, lot more. It's a but, it's a huge leap, but you also I mean but at the same time you gotta you know you gotta realize that you know these are just different guys I mean it's it's, it's are that they're still you know very much fair weather fans and that's who, mm-hmm. who they're going to cater to because we we're not going to take the all star break that serious I think us are like yeah those of us we're like yeah that's dope it's a great weekend but we're thinking about the second half of the season. Because we know that now this is the time where teams who were hot the first half of the season start to get tired, they get winded, they fall off. Teams who were kind of whack pick it up. And then before you know it, in the next two months, it's going to be the playoff race. Trade deadlines coming up. Like, that's what we're worried about. We haven't even really talked about the NBA at all this season. We, we, we want to save that for a later. Yeah, let's say that. We could have done a whole sports podcast. We, we could have talked the Olympics. We could talk NBA. I ain't been watching. The only thing I know about the Olympics is that the Jamaican bobsled team finished last last night. And I'm mad that I didn't get to see it because I had so many cool running jokes that I could have gave. But I haven't I really haven't seen any Olympics. Oh, man. That's all I've been watching. Yeah, I haven't seen any. I don't know if the Winter Olympics. I'm, I, maybe because we're having a crappy winter, but I'm not really trying to see people play in snow. <laughs> it's warmer out there than it is here, man. It's warmer today. It's been in the 40s, but we've been in single digits for the last month and a half. No, I'm saying it's like in the it's been in the 50s and 60s out in Russia. Oh, oh, in Mother Russia. Okay, my bad. Yeah, I'm saying out there it's been it's been warmer than here. <laughs> but nah, I love snowboarding's been great, man. USSR. US to the USSR. Anyway, um is that is that is that culturally uh, insensitive USSR I mean for me for me rapping Jay-Z lyrics while you're uh, talking about the Olympics no culturally insensitive <laughs> I didn't know Let, <laughs> that- unless you got something else to talk about I think we should we should talk about these drunken love remixes and close it out you Let's got anything alright so you brought up one before we started recording I totally forgot about T.I. did a remix yeah is it just rapping over the beat probably I haven't heard it oh okay if, if it's anything like the remixes that he's been doing the last year, year and a half, he's probably just rapping over Um So, Detail did a remix. Yeah. Detail or Diplo? Detail. Okay, D- Detail did a remix of his own song? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he ruined I it. Was, oh, he didn't, you don't like it? No. He, okay. uh, he decided to put, like, an orchestra over the top of it. No. That's right. That was my the song is... It, that song is, as the kids say, ratchet. You can't throw orchestra <laughs> over over ratchetry. Um, and then you had you heard Kanye's remix, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They, that's on the radio. Which is funny. Um, right. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, you notice the production's a little different. Le- yeah, okay. So that, I'm not that, bugging. That's Mike Dean who did additional production. Okay, I'm not bugging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I like Mike Dean. Um, I think I would have preferred Kanye and the original beat, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the record. I don't think the record needs a remix. I kind of like the Kanye verse, though. Uh, I don't like it at the beginning. It it very much reminds me of. It feels like. It feels like Kanye like three years ago. Which I'm okay uh, with. Good Friday, Kanye. Yeah, like right after that. Yeah, it feels, yeah, a little bit like right after that. Yeah, yeah, it feels like he's talking about Amber Rose and not Kim on that record. No, nah, he's. Yeah, he's definitely talking about Kim. I mean, like the first half of the record until he starts doing, because he he wasn't really rapping when he was with Amber. Like he was he was writing records like that. Mm. That might be why it reminds you of that because he was making raunchier, yeah, kind of records. Then you know he got with Kim and he you ain't really been saying that he's been like in love. He's been making oh, like I'm sorry. records. I, 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 that's right. I forget that you totally blocked out Jesus, which is possibly one of the has some of the raunchiest songs I've ever heard recorded in my entire life. But those raunchy songs aren't about Kim, are they? They're about somebody. <laughs> okay, well they're okay, well they're okay, well by that definition raunchy is bad and not bad because it's raunchy, but bad because it's a it's bad. What I'm saying is the the theory that Kim has has turned him into a sappy guy is is that's where you're going. No. Um if anything he's he's I mean ratchet in a different way. He's ratcheted up the 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 raunchiness um definitely like i'm in it is lord yeah. I, I i you know i gotta say it was when i saw live it was crazy to hear like you know almost twenty thousand people rap along to that song and know every word and i'm just like really i like that song but it's like i love that song but it's like really like this many people are gonna say these lyrics out loud <laughs> crazy um but um but so you you think you're 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 just cool with the kanye verse yeah it's cool i i don't know it's like the the record i i I just don't think the record needed a remix i don't think it needed this i don't i agree i don't necessarily think it needed this kind of remix but i'm not mad at it it, yeah i just don't it doesn't it doesn't i don't know it doesn't sound right it just doesn't it the the flow of the song is awkward to me. Like after Kanye's verse is over, then here comes Beyonce, then it's like the regular song. Yeah, I agree. They could have done that a little bit better. I did I do like that they threw the little flashing lights thing on there. Um that was cool. But um But yeah, I uh I don't know. I think it's cool. I like it. Um And then you had Weekend. Your man Abel. Yeah, I didn't hear this one. How was this one? This is actually kind of good. That's what I hear. It. I was like, is the weekend kind of th- this? This doesn't feel like weird weekend. This feels, you know, he he puts the right kind of spin on it. Um, it's more of a remake than a remix. But um, I like it. I was surprised. Um, but the one I really want to talk about is the Diplo remix. Uh, you don't want to talk about the future remix? Oh, I, you know, do you want to talk about the future remix? Nope. All right. I want to talk about the Diplo remix, um, which is really, really good. So back to my whole point I was making on the Beyonce record and I was making earlier when we were talking about 
um, Ross's problem is that that sort of trap sound has gone mainstream. These are the type of beats that that bring trap. To, when Diplo is doing remixes that sound like this, like this is I'm too old for the club now because you know I'm an old married man. But this is the type of record I, I want to hear in the club right now. Mm. It's a good, it's a really good record. Okay, um, I'm not mad at it at all. What, what I was surprised is all these remixes. Well, a bunch of them like Kanye, Weekend, Diplo, and even the Detail one. They all came out within like. 48 hours of each other yeah yeah they sure did and aside from the detail one i was like here's three totally different like takes on this and i'm like these aren't bad i was shocked <laughs> yeah um but the drunk you know drunken love is a juggernaut man i'm telling you we should just lock that in right now nominee for a uh, rap song collaboration grammy yeah. t- 2015 yeah I agree. Unless there's another record that comes out that makes people forget, because you know, timing. No, I'm not saying it's necessarily going to win, but it'll definitely be nominated. Um, well, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, we may forget about we may forget about it just just because it came out right after Grammy season. Don't forget, they nominated on the run. Don't don't do that. I'm serious. Don't do that. They nominated on the run, man. Don't do that. It's not a good song, man. No, it's a great song. <laughs> You're right. It's not a good song. It's a great song. <sighs> um. So anyway, Armand, you need, at least listen to the, listen to the Diplo and the Weekend remixes. Right, the, don't you. don't don't worry about the detail remix. You're not missing anything. I got you. Yeah, I didn't even know detail did it. But yeah, I, I'll check out. I'll check out Diplo and I'll check out uh, Abel. Yeah, Abel might be making a wall. He just needs to get the. He just needs to hug the guy from House of Balloons, tell him he's sorry, write him a check. And get to work on the second. Did, did you download the uh, Il Angelo demo tape? What is that? Il Angelo was uh, one of his producers on the first House of Balloons. No. Oh, I grabbed it. I might have demo to send tape you of, demo tape of what? It's it's stuff that uh, Il Angelo did a bunch of beats and stuff that he did in 2010, just before House of Balloons. Word. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Put that up on Bandcamp. So I grabbed that zip with the quickness. Um. Anyway, anything else you want you want to talk about? Because I'm feeling like this is a good good place to end the show this week. Nah, we we're, we're good. We can rock out. This I is think beautiful. This, this An is hour show. and a half. This is amazing. Yeah. Um. So as always, please use the hashtag Clock Radio Speakers. Let us know what you think about the show. Um. And uh, I'm trying to think. You know, follow us on Twitter. Check out the website. Obviously, ClockRadioSpeakers.com. So what are you gonna play this week on the radio, man? I have no idea. Maybe I have you, no can, you could play you could play nothing but Nicki Minaj. The show would be like twenty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it would be it would be the verse from Monster. You just you'd be in the mic, you know, with a DJ sound effects and shout and bring it back the whole show. <laughs> oh, so you want me to uh, you want me to Otis Monster? <laughs> you want me to DOA Monster? Because I can do that. Um, I got to DOA it. But no, if I DOA Monster, you got to be there with me so we can giggle. <laughs> Whenever Nikki says, uh, I don't know, something from Sri Lanka. We, oh, she said she was from Sri Lanka. <laughs> and then run it back. And we do that for two hours. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I hope you all enjoyed the, this week's episode. Uh, next week, I'm guessing we're going to talk Schoolboy Q. Um, Schoolboy Q, Isaiah Rashad. We can go ahead and TD it up. So that'll be a good episode next week. And uh, you got anything else you want to plug? Anything you selling? Any uh, shows coming up? Nah, um, I'm chilling right now. 
can people still get a little Kairos can, hat for sale? They can still get the uh, the the Kairos hats. Uh, this is Kairos.com slash merch. You get the beanies, all that good stuff. They are they are definitely selling. So if you're gonna get one, get one expeditiously because your color may not be in tomorrow. You got you. Sh- you need to introduce like you know the merch of the month club where people sign up like you know a recurring payment. You just got to keep giving them stuff. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> that's too much work. You said merch of the month. <laughs> that is something. See, they're gonna run out do. of stuff because then it'll be like Kairos, like shoestrings, <laughs> like Kairos, like um, like cable ties. No, see, you could get the little uh, like the little armbands, like the little. Sweatband things, you know, like the we were going to do that for uh, we were going to do that for Cairo. So we were going to do um, we were going to do wristbands, USB yeah. wristbands with the album on. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, we were going to do that, but they no. were they were charging too much. We could Char- do Cairo's routers. <laughs> <laughs> we could do Cairo's scissors. We could do Cairo's vitamins. You know, we could dude. do uh, like the rush card. Like we could do Kairos <laughs> pre prepaid debit card. Yo, the rush card, man. He should be ashamed of himself. Uh, um, <laughs> Kairos vitamins. Um, yeah, I said Kairos vitamins. I know. I'm thinking Kairos vitamins. Um, Kairos cereal. Remember when cereal was popping? You know, you had Urkel O's. You had the wrestling cereal. Fruity flakes. Fruit fluty flakes. <laughs> All right, that's I feel like right. Genesis Grams or something like that. <laughs> Kairos clusters, <laughs> crispy Kairos, man, you got it. Th- <laughs> crispy Kairos clusters, KKK, that would not work. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but <laughs> that would not work. My whole fan base would be like, Zoop. that would not work. But oh, you you know the the official P ninety X workout video. Might be some oh, copyright totally. issues, but you know, totally do that. I could, you know, we could get some girls to do the show and all that stuff. Yeah, we could, remember early in the morning, like you had to be a true creep to be up at four o'clock in the morning. Remember when ESPN would show those perverted uh, <laughs> workout shows, like four thirty-five in the morning? It'd be a true creep to get up in the morning and watch those, or just be up that late so you can watch workout tapes on ESPN two. Horrible. And with that, I think uh, I think we should end this week's episode. I think we're out of here. <laughs> All right, catch y'all later next week.